Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Motor Up Sports. I'm your host, Kenny Eaton. And today I wanted to change things up just a little bit. Uh, I want to go into an NBA preview towards the end of the episode. I think it's important to go over some of my takes for the season. And then starting next week, I want to get some of my guys from fantasy football involved into the podcast. So I'm going to do a few segments a week about um, fantasy football and the leader of points each week gets to come on the podcast and talk about it. So those are just a little bit of changes I'm doing. I want to talk about more national stuff as well, but the main focus still is the hammer away Detroit sports. So I want to kind of bring everything together, but the main focus will always be Detroit sports and Michigan, Michigan state. So I just want to kick off right away with Michigan football. They kick off at noon, big noon kickoff against Penn state. It's a maze out. It's been an interesting, interesting trajectory of each of these two programs. COVID both teams were just straight awful teams. Horrible seasons, and it looked like both programs, the coaches were gone. It looked like Franklin was on his way out. It looked like Harbaugh was on his way out. It looks like Franklin's turning the ship around again, and Penn State's heading in the right direction this season. It looked like they were last year as well until Sean Clifford got injured. Michigan turned it right around right away. In one season, Harbaugh took that program from nothing and made them a playoff team. Something that Michigan hasn't done. Penn State will lose this game. If it's at Penn State, wide out a million times, going Penn State. Like, I would never go against Penn State at a wideout against Michigan. It's at U of M. They have the advantage in this game just being home, maze out. Everybody's going to be there. It's their first big game of the year. If Michigan wins this game, they will blow out Michigan State. If Michigan State comes out and loses this week. Is just some numbers of James Franklin so far as a coach against top five teams. He's 1-8. Horrible record. And he's 7-11 against top 20 teams. Sean Clifford is two and two against Michigan in his career as a starting quarterback. So something's got to give here. Harbaugh's never really been that good against top 10 teams as well. Penn State's defense is really good. Their run D is very solid where if you can't get Quorum going like you normally do, which don't get me wrong, Quorum's great. Do I expect the guy to do what he's been doing every game against good teams the rest of the season? No. JJ needs to make plays. This is a game where J.J. needs to shine because if J.J. doesn't shine, Michigan will lose. Plain and simple. Penn State did struggle last week against Northwestern. They only let up seven. So defense will definitely be the story of this game. Like, there is no way this game will be won on offense unless Michigan just completely obliterates Penn State. And granted, like, Penn State has actually played, like, a good schedule. They've beaten some okay teams, but they've beat them on the road, which makes some good wins. They beat Purdue on the road, who I think is the best team on, on the west side of the conference. And they won on the road, and they beat Auburn in SEC territory. And that's not easy to do. Big Ten teams typically don't go into the SEC and win. You've got to give Franklin credit for turning this around this year. It's not going to be completely turned around because he's going to drop one and nine against top five teams because he just sucks when it matters. I also think Michigan's actually overcome adversity this year. And that was with Mike Hart last week. First half, you saw the guys just were completely out of it. But they overcame adversity and blew out Indiana in the second half of that game. And it makes me wonder, Mike Hart didn't collapse on the field. Could Michigan have won that game by 49 points? Because that team was a completely different team in the second half. I think Michigan football should walk into Ohio State 11-0. As long as they do their job tomorrow. But honestly, Sean Clifford should just get an AARP benefits. Because at this point, he's just been there for like 30 years. So, JG needs to show me something. You're all about this hype. and You see the potential in the guy. I'm done hearing like this guy has all this potential to be this good of a quarterback. 
show it this week. Show that you could be a great Michigan quarterback. Show that you have the potential to be a starting NFL quarterback like your fan base sees you. The fan base sees this guy as the second coming of Jesus Christ. This guy better be the second coming of Jesus Christ for Michigan football. He needs to show me. He needs to show me that he's not another Shea Patterson. He needs to show me that he's going to be really good and he's going to be a great. Also, Harbaugh needs to start opening up that playbook this week. I think he's been saving it for this game, and he's saving a lot of it for Michigan State. But you need to open it up. You don't want to open it up too much so that Michigan State knows exactly what you're going to do, even though it doesn't really matter because Michigan State sucks. But you need to open up the playbook. And I just still, out of all of the teams in the Big Ten, nobody can beat Ohio State this year. Not even Penn State, not even Michigan. Games at the Big House, I still think Michigan would lose this year. Penn State isn't a slouch. They're probably the third best team in the Big Ten. Probably won the season top 15. I like Manny Diaz there. I thought that was a great defensive coordinator uh, addition. The defense looks night and day from what it was last year. Granted, that defense was hurt a lot last year at Penn State. But looking at Penn State, they are a much better team than they were last year. Michigan struggled in that game last year, at, even though it was at Penn State. You know what Sean Clifford is. You know Sean Clifford is a 10-win quarterback when he's healthy. That's his ceiling. He can't play in big games. He's never been able to play in a big game. This won't change on Saturday. I will safely say if Michigan wins this game, they're a blue blood again. They're back. They're completely back. I think they're back right now, but they're not completely back. They win this game, they're completely back. But you know who's not back, and that's Michigan State football. They have a homecoming game this week against Wisconsin. Another loss to Woodshed. You haven't won in over a month. Congratulations. If Michigan State loses tomorrow, they probably will not win a game the rest of the season. Honestly. They lose this week. They lose to Michigan. Then they go to Illinois. That's three more losses. That's pretty much over two months of that winning football game. Why should you even care about Indiana or Rutgers? Because most of these guys will never end up in the NFL. So why should you care? The season's over. That group is so deflated right now. Can you imagine three more losses in a row? What it's going to be like going to Indiana and Rutgers? Maybe they win one of those games and ends three and nine. But this is just unacceptable. I mean, I don't even think they're going to come out there trying this week. Because it really looks like they're a deflated group. The air's out. There's no more air in this team. Paul Chris getting fired won't make a difference in this game. They actually look better without him. Uh, they were using an RPO and a spread offense last week against Northwestern, and Graham Mertz put up career numbers with a brand-new coach. Graham Mertz will put up career highs this week against Michigan State as well. Welcome. New records are getting broken this week because quarterbacks like to break records against Michigan State. And I hope Slade and Henderson play. I mean, they were dressed last week. I know Henderson's still in a boot is what I heard. I don't know if he's still in a boot this week. It's weird what's happening with both of them. If they play, I think State has a better chance of winning. I think it's like 70-30 right now, Wisconsin. They play, it becomes 60-40, and it becomes kind of a toss-up. Well, I actually have a brilliant idea how you can maybe get your offense going. Maybe you should start using your leading rusher from the last two games. You know that is? Eli Collins. Last game, he only had two carries at nine yards. They moved the ball when he's on the field. Against the Maryland game, that first drive, they moved the ball. If you want to win this game, you play your best players. Elijah Collins is your best player right now at running back. You have to play him. You have no choice. You go out there, you start Berger, Broussard, you're going to get blown out because those guys cannot establish the run. I'm glad there's a running back coming in the class next year because it's just as unacceptable. 
I mean, granted, you're playing with probably the worst O-line in the Big Ten, which does not help you, but there's zero talent right there. When you look at Wisconsin, Braylon Allen has been very good this year. Michigan State has been unable to stop the run. Mertz is a serviceable quarterback. And Allen averages 6.1 yards per carry and has six touchdowns this year. Not good. Not good at all. And if Mertz keeps getting more comfortable with those receivers, because I think we have a worse defense in Northwestern, I can see 42 getting put up on us this week by a bad offense. This is a good defense you're playing, and I don't want to see Thorne go out there again and start because I'm sick of it. It's time for a change of scenery at quarterback. If this ends up being a total disaster with Noah Kim, you just put Thorne back in. It's not that difficult. You start the game with Kim, and you figure it out. Because Eli and Kim have passed my eye test. Thorne, Broussard, and Berger have not. So it's time to actually start playing the guys that pass the fan base's eye test. Because I don't get what the eye test is with Tucker. What is he seeing that's not there that we all see? We all see that Kim is probably the quarterback right now, at least to start next game. We all have seen every time Elijah Collins has touched the field, he's a good player. This is all coaching. You can blame injuries all you want, but letting quarterbacks break records on you every week or come close to records on you every week, it's unacceptable to me. I don't care that your secondary is beat up. You have the talent. You're just not developing it. You went out there and got transfers. None of them have panned out because you haven't been able to develop them. This is a developmental and coaching issue we have right now with Tucker. He's not playing the right guys. He's not developing the guys that are supposed to be the right guys. That's my problem with this team right now. If MSU wins this game, I do expect them to keep it relatively close against Michigan for three quarters. They lose this game. This game's not even close at the big house. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because this is like the Super Bowl for us. This is the Super Bowl for Michigan State. You have nothing to play for at this point in the season but Michigan. You have nothing to lose there. You have everything to win. Michigan has everything to lose. That's a little scary for Michigan fans. I, I would be a little afraid if Michigan State comes out and wins this week and there's a little bit of air in this team going into Michigan. You need a confidence booster. You need to win this game. I don't know how. You got to figure it out because this team is so deflated right now that you can't have them sleepwalking against Michigan. At least you can maybe have a few guys flying against them in that game. But honestly, keep Slade, keep Henderson out. I don't want them until the Michigan game. They get hurt again, you're screwed. I want them at 100% for Michigan. Honestly, Michigan wins that game by three touchdowns. Let's be honest here. Because I don't think State wins this week. There'll be three or four touchdown wins. I just want it to be close for a while. That's all I want. Just show me that you have a little bit of fight left in you. Because there's really no fight left in this group if they lose this week. I want to move into the Pistons in the preseason. I see everybody just losing their mind right now over this team. And how they just can't play together. And how Kate's taking a step back. Look, it is the preseason, guys. I'm not concerned at all. I've said from the beginning of the offseason till now, this is a process. This team will not come out there from game one and just light it up. Trust me on that. This is a process. We saw what happened with Cade in the second half of the season last year. We saw what happened with Jalen Green in the second half of the season last year. This group needs to learn how to play together. You're starting four guys right now under the age of 23, and you have a newcomer 30-some-year-old starting at small forward, power forward, wherever they're going to play some for matchups. None of these guys besides Boyan in your starting lineup right now have been in the league for in two years. This is Kate's second year. This is Sadiq. This is Isaiah Stewart's third year going into the league. 
it is not going to be easy for these guys to just come in and play together against a veteran squad like the Bucks, like the Sixers. You're not going to be able to finish those games off. I don't think you're going to be able to finish them off by the end of the year. Right now, I just want to see them grow. All I care about right now is growth. Win tolls, I want 30. 30 to 33 is what I want. You get there, fine. I'm really happy. Good season. Because I know a lot of you think they're going to win all these games. They're not. They're not that good of a team. Jaden Ivey and Jalen Dern, Alec Burks, and Norman Noel doesn't make you a 20-win better team. I'm sorry, guys. They don't make you a 40-win team. They maybe make you five or six wins better. I can see eight or nine because of the Boyan edition, which is where I'm getting close to 30. Anything more than 33 wins, you're delusional at this point. I'm really glad they chose to go Boyan over Duran in the lineup because they do need that vet presence. And Duran, he looks really, really good to me. He needs to learn how to not foul <laughs> because he's just fouling every play down there because he's so aggressive and he's so strong. And I just think that his potential is just ridiculous with that athleticism. But right now, the start of the season, I don't even want him playing massive minutes because the worst thing you can do right now with Dern is play overplay him and make him lose all of his confidence. Honestly, right now, if you want to talk about having a backup big because Bagley's out for a bit, you split the time between Noel and Dern. As the season goes on, you start to let Norris Noel's minutes diminish and you start raising the minutes for Dern. And by the end of the season, I want Dern in my starting five. I want the future of this team as your starting lineup by the end of the season. I want them to learn how to play together. So when you plug them in next year, when you plug in whatever you draft next year and whatever free agent you sign, or if you choose to stay pat and just lock everybody up long-term, which I wouldn't have a problem with either, you're going to be in a really good position to win next year, in the year after, in the year after that. It's all about growth for me this year. By the end of the year, I want to see this team rattle off a, a short winning streak at some point, like a five, six game winning streak in the second half of the season. I want that to happen. Want this group to experience winning and build a winning culture and at the same time get better because this is a process. You guys are crazy to think they're going to win 20 more games this year. I've actually been a big fan of what Stu has been doing in the preseason. He's actually looking like a pretty good big from three. He's reminding me a little bit right now of what Bobby Portis is. A smaller big, shoot three. If he can start shooting the rock really well, it opens up so much for Ivy. It opens up so much for Cade. It clears the pain out where you can potentially have five on the perimeter, at least to start the season, or have movement where you can get stewed, pick and pop threes. You can do a lot of things with this lineup right now to win games. Not win games now, but down the stretch of the season. Stu's going to be a big reason why they're going to win games this year. I'm telling you, I expect a season from him because this play style is going to be different. Another guy I expect a process out of. He's not used to playing the four and shooting three balls. So if he's breaking threes early in the season, fine. Let him miss the threes. He's going to start hitting. You got to trust him on this because I have a lot of hope in Stu. I was kind of weary on that idea of him playing that, you know, we're going to shoot the three ball with him. But so far in the preseason, it's a little encouraging. They're starting to be able to stretch the floor better. And that's another process thing. I also think that I want a season out of livers. I love the pick when they got him. I love them in college at Michigan. And this guy could be one of our biggest assets on the bench when we're winning. I expect him to be more of that six manny type guy when this team starts winning games. He's one of the better 3 and D players this team has. He has the potential to be a really good 3 and D player off the bench. Also can see him getting some starts at some point in his career as well. 
I like him. I can see the guys averaging 10, 11 points a game when we're winning. I've been a fan of Livers since they've drafted him, and I'm going to stay on the Livers course. And that's a guy I'm going to keep mentioning all year. I'm going to keep jabbing at because I really like him. And I'm hoping Hami can stay healthy. He can come out open night and play because Hami changes the pace of the offense too. If you can plug in Ivy Cade and Hami on the floor all together at the same time and Sadiq at the four and Dern at the five, I mean, this team's running like it's nothing. That athleticism on that team is nothing. It's going to run like it's nothing. The one thing that Detroit media isn't talking about and the national media is talking about, and I agree, is this team has no defense. They don't. They need to get some really good 3 and D player this offseason. I don't know who. I got to look at the free agent market. I got to see. We got to see who starts trading off assets. But if you can get a really solid 3 and D player in there, you're set. You need more defense because they're going to be seeing the preseason. They're just literally following their scoring 120 on us. I will say, though, Troy Weaver has done the best job at rebuilding the Pistons. Because you got to understand the situation he walked into. He walked into a mess, a job that I would never have taken in a million years because I wouldn't have figured out how to solve this mess either. He had horrible contracts across the book. Blake, Drummond, Reggie dumped all of them right away. He got zero first-rounders for all of them. That is the craziest part. He walked into a situation whose young core, and, and looking back at it, it's actually funny that we thought that young core was good. And it was Luke Kennard, Sekou, and Bruce Brown. He turned that into IDK during Sadiq in three years. You have to give him an A-plus with the job he's been doing so far. Now you see the pieces. Now you got to start figuring it out, and you got to start winning games down the road because you have your core. The one thing that I will say that has encouraged me, but I am not going to buy stock in him just yet, is Killian, which is the one pick that I've been like, yeah, with Troy Weaver on. Killian Hayes will still be the same player he was last year and the year before. I, I'm telling you right now, this is preseason basketball. Cade, I don't even think, was trying for real. Well, these starters don't really care. The vets don't care for the preseason. They're kind of just there to play. I'm telling you right now, it's encouraging, but I'm not buying stock until he pieces together three regular season games in a row of this. When he can piece three games in a row in the regular season, what he's been doing in the preseason, I will buy stock in him. I can't buy stock in him right now. I just can't. Finally, the last thing I want to talk about with the Pistons, and I'm going to move into an NBA preview, is the jerseys. I absolutely hate them. I liked them at first. I was like, this is so cool. But then I started thinking about it. Like, why in the world is this team wearing green? We hate the Celtic. Why are we wearing green? The design itself is like dope. You you hand that to Boston, it's a sick jersey. You put Boston on the jersey, it's sick. But why are we wearing green? That's not our team colors. Not wearing your team colors is the stupidest thing to me. They're starting to do it in baseball with the Red Sox. They've started doing it in the NBA this past couple of years. But a lot of these teams, I think it's so, so, so stupid. You wear the colors of your team. You don't wear green. Green and Turner's brown. It's stupid. So stupid to me. I hate the new jerseys. And I will never like them. Green jersey is so stupid. The black jersey, I actually like the black jersey. I know a lot of people are split on that. Big fan of the black jersey. But right now, that green jersey, until they wear it on the court, and honestly, I'll still probably hate it when they wear it. it pisses me off. I want to move into my last segment of the day, and that's an NBA preview of the season. I just want to give some of my takes, some hot takes. Not things I completely think are going to happen, but something I think has a chance. Well, I'll just start it off right now. I think Ivy goes runner-up for rookie of the year to Keegan. And it's not because Keegan's your best player. 
because he's the most NBA-ready player. We've heard it from day one of all these draft analysts. Keegan's your NBA-ready player. Keegan's going to come in. He's going to drop you 15 a game, but you know that's his ceiling. You know his ceiling is probably 20 points a game. He'll be like the eighth-best player in this draft. I don't know. He won't be one of the best. We won't be talking about him in five years about that draft. He's just going to win it off like some Michael Carter-Williams type rookie. Deep. My MVP pick is Giannis. There's not really much explanation. That. We know Giannis is the best player in the world right now. And I can't see him going big man again for MVP for another year. Though Jokic and Embiid are very, 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 very good. My coach of the year pick is Willie Green. I expect a breakout season from the Pelicans this year. I really like what they're building. For the longest time, I was like, what the hell are they doing? I still thought that a trade deadline last year with C.J. McCollum because I was like, this team's in the dumps. There's no way that C.J. McCollum's going to make them better. Zion's back. C.J.'s one of the better point guard shooting guards in basketball. Got B.I. I'm telling you, this team's going to be good. I am telling you right now, you got to watch out for the Pelicans this year. I'm buying into their hype train because I like what they're building. Their bench is solid. You got guys like Larry Nance on their bench, Jackson Hayes, guys that they drafted. They didn't exactly pan out. This is similar to Pistons. This could be the same thing with possibly Stu down the road just playing a bench role like Jackson Hayes is right now. I'm telling you, Pelicans, Willie Green, they're going to shock people this year. They're going to be better than I think people think. My finals pick this year is Clippers versus Bucks and the Clippers winning. Look, we saw what the Clippers did last year with injuries all year. They still won a lot of games. If PG played that playing game, they get in. They probably make a series in the first round. I don't know if they win it, but they probably win a game or two in the first round without Kawhi. So I think it's very important this year for them. It's just to stay healthy and have Kawhi ready for the postseason. If Kawhi's ready for the postseason, health doesn't matter to me anymore. Because Kawhi and Paul George can take you to a finals themselves. The Clippers are so deep. You're going to have guys like Reggie Jackson or John Wall coming off your bench. Marcus Morris might be coming off the bench. Robert Covington come off the bench. You have so many studs coming off your bench that you're literally looking at a team, if they don't win it this year, they're never going to win it. They need to stay healthy. If they, this is their last chance. And I think this is the chance that they get. And they take advantage of and they win. The box, on the other hand, we know what they are. We know every year for the next 10 years, as long as Giannis is there, it's title or bust. They're still on that stage this year. And look, the Clippers are a great team. But Kawhi on Giannis, that matchup's a living hell for him. It's also a living hell for Kawhi. But Paul George, that's a series that Paul George will probably take over in. And I've never been a huge Paul George fan. But I do think with Kawhi around, Paul George is going to do different things in the postseason than he did that first year together. Kawhi and Paul George, that they're going to be interesting. They're going to be very interesting this year now that they're deeper and they literally have a starting lineup coming off your bench. They're going to pull out your backups. They're just going to do. They have everything they need to win. They have the bench. They have the star power. They have the starters. They have the backcourt. They have the frontcourt. They're going to win it. I have a feeling the Nets are going to flop miserably and miss the playoffs. I don't think that's even a hot take for me. That's my honest opinion. you got egos everywhere. What makes people think that Ben Simmons is not going to do the same shit James Harden did, but worse? They made a seven seed last year. Kyrie's a baby. He's going to, there's something that's going to pop up with Kyrie. He's just going to sit out. There's something that's going to pop up with Ben Simmons or he's going to be like, I'm leaving the team. There's going to be something that's going to piss off KD and he's going to try to demand trade again. I'm telling you, 
the Nets will flop. Their egos are too big, and it will not work out. They have the players to win individually. They will never be able to play as a group with those egos. I am telling you right now, the Nets will flop this year. And honestly, they could sell off at deadline for all we know. Because if KD demands a trade, Kyrie's out, Ben Simmons is out. It's a domino effect. All of them are gone if KD goes. So they better not do anything that's going to piss KD off and make him become a crybaby again. And then you set your franchise back five or six years. Because that's what KD really does for you. He sets your franchise back. Unless you're the Warriors. Set the Thunder back. Left them high and dry. He's going to, well, you know what? KD did leave the Warriors high and dry for two years. So he's going to do the same thing there in Brooklyn. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to work. It's just not. Also, Charlotte and Minnesota will flop miserably. My reasoning for Minnesota flopping is the two big man system didn't work in Detroit. A1's great. Paint's going to be clogged all game for A1 to get to the paint. Cat's a good shooter. Cat hasn't played the four since he was in college or his rookie year or whatever. He really hasn't played power forward since then. They're going to be slow because Cat and Gobert are not your fastest team. It's not a fast team you're playing. If Minnesota wants to win, they need to make a deal swapping D'Lo back to Brooklyn and you need to bring in Kyrie. If you could form a lineup of Kyrie, A1, Gobert, and Towns, they're probably looking at a team that will make the playoffs and could potentially make a little bit of noise. I think Minnesota misses, but they play it. They're going to flop, and then Charlotte without Miles Bridges, you're just leaving Ma- you're just leaving Lamella there to try. A hotter take I have is the Cavs take a top three seed in the East. I love their rebuild. It's been picture-perfect rebuild. Garland, Mobley, and Donovan are going to be an insane trio for the next years to come. And you, you, people are sleeping on Karis LeVert, too. They have some dogs there. Jared Allen's a dog. I'm telling you right now, Cleveland is going to be really, really good. Do I think they're going to win a playoff series? That's to be seen with the youth. But what they've been doing has really caught my attention the last couple months or last year or so. They've really caught my attention. The Knicks will be your biggest flop because they just do what the Knicks do. You sold away your entire bench to get Jalen Brunson. Oh, and you gave up your first-round pick where you could draft a Durant or A.J. Griffin, or something that they actually needed, they traded. They're the dumbest franchise in the NBA besides the Sacramento Kings. The Knicks will flop every year until Dolan sells. This will flop. They will not make the play-in. I'm telling you right now, they will not make the play-in. Getting Brunson didn't make you any better than you were before. Toronto's stuck in purgatory, I think. I I think they get into the play-in. We'll see what happens there. They're a 50-50 playoff team. They get swept out of the first against the Bucs or whatever they play. But a take I have, and this is another one I don't think that's going to work. It's hard in Embiid, but I still think they win games. It's just not going to be this title team that they think they're building. And then on top of that with Philly, one of my concerns with them is the ego again between Harden and Embiid. I don't think they get out of the first round. The East is kind of stacked. If they're playing as a four seed, which is where I think they're going to be playing, they might play Miami. They're probably going to lose. They play a team like Cleveland, they're out. They don't have the chemistry to win a series. Harden's a proven loser, always has been a loser, always will be a loser. Harden and Embiid will never get it done. If Harden couldn't get it done with prime Chris Paul, yeah, prime Chris Paul, Chris Paul sucks too in the postseason. But if he couldn't get it done with Chris Paul and his million chances there in Houston, he's not going to do it with Philly. I'm telling you right now, he's not going to do it. 
He's never going to win. My hottest take of the season, though, I don't know if this is really going to happen, but I'm in love with them and their rebuild. And I know you Pistons fans are going to destroy me for this because you guys all hate Jalen Green. But Houston surprises people, and they play in as an 11 this year. Tari Eason, Ty Ty Washington, Jabari Smith, A-plus draft. They killed this draft. Tari Eason will be a breakout rookie. Telling you he was a sleeper pick of the draft. Ty Ty, he starts getting play time. He might turn some heads, too. You got Kevin Porter Jr., who I think is phenomenal and needs to stay out of trouble. They have a squad. They're going to do some good things there. They're building something in Houston, or you got to start paying attention to what they're doing. And I think I've taken notice of it. They will play in. I'm telling you right now, they my hot take is they play in. I'll be back on Monday. We're going to have some fancy football talk on Monday. Michigan, Michigan State football, and we'll – be previewing the Pistons on Wednesday. We're going to hammer away basketball next week. We're back to Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Wednesday's a Pistons special. So stay tuned for that. I'm really excited for Wednesday. I mean, I can't wait to go to LCA for this. I've been waiting for this for months. I'm really excited for the Pistons special on Wednesday. So I'll see you guys on Monday. Maybe I'll walk out a little happy this weekend because at least the Lions can't piss me off. Michigan state definitely will, but see you guys on Monday. Have a good weekend.